they have services now. <laughs> you send your eggs, they bring you back the baby. <laughs> and in Europe, she'll never find anybody. <laughs> We're not in the shuttle anymore, Larry. This is how it is now. <laughs> I'm sorry to give her such an Ashkenazi dialect, but that's like my background. <laughs> what do you mean? They're not even sexy. No, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Murray, I told you, you need to give her America. <laughs> I'll just tell you in the podcast interview what happens. Dude, I just want to podcast or no podcast. I want to hear a genocide story. <laughs> you can wake me up, Sarah. You can wake me up at like 4 a.m. Listen, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, all right, listen, I'm tired, but we're here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I got a good story to start with. Go. Best way to start a show. Yes. Let's so should it. I start? Should I just tell the story okay, now? Okay. We're here. Let's go. Oh, we're on. We're live. Okay. Forget about the um, recording. We're just so, as you know, like I just filed my divorce papers, and you know, like I'm starting my new life, and so, um, and I live in the Netherlands, and there really are not very many Jewish people, especially where I live here. Can I stop you real quick? What is the population of the Netherlands for the um eight eighteen million, I believe. Wow, that's that's much more than I would have guessed. Yeah, wow. it's, okay. a, so it's many, a tiny country, though. It's so tiny. If you had to estimate, would you say like one percent population is Jews? Two percent? Yeah, something like that. And it's sad because it used to be a lot more, and seventy um, percent of the Jewish population was murdered during the Shoah. Mm-hmm. It was actually the highest percentage. In all of Western Europe. Highest, like per capita. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is it just yeah. because that was just the population wasn't that large compared to how many? No, were? It, was a, it was a significantly sized Jewish population in a small country mm-hmm. right next door to Germany. Right. Um, and um, a combination of it being easily invaded and uh, Dutch, you know, w- the Dutch will not agree they will not admit this but either participation or turning their heads the other way while it was happening and the other thing that that um made it very easy to send people off to death camps Mm -hmm. was that the um the entire country was so well organized that Every citizen was basically listed in the municipality where they lived, if they were Jewish or not already. So it was very easy to get the names. Right. Right. The chips fell from there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you were saying so the Jewish population since then hasn't recovered, I guess, to any significant degree. Okay. And the people who survived, who came back, most of them had nothing. Everything had been taken. They weren't getting any help and they left. Right. Most right. of them to um much like the rest of the region. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so anyway, anyway you yeah. 
So there's, you know, there aren't very many Jewish people here. I just came out of a, a marriage with uh, a Gentile, granted, whose grandfather was in the resistance and, you know, yeah. but but not Jewish. And that was never really an issue with me because I was brought up secular, mm-hmm. culturally Jewish. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I think also being a woman, I never have to think about the fact that my child would be Jewish or not, right. you know, there's a different calculus for you. Yeah. 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 Um, we'll get into later, but I want to hear the story. Yes. Yeah. And we'll get it. We can get into this later as well. Um, regarding, you know, marrying interculturally, interethnically and interfaith. Yeah. Um, but, um, it was never an issue until anti-Semitism really started to become an issue again. Mm-hmm. And that's when you realize that that person may not really truly understand the depths of what the new cycle of rising, threatening anti-Semitism means. Right. It's less personal. mm -hmm. And and there's no real reference. There's no deep epigenetic historical Embedded. Ancestral, cultural. Right. Deep rooted. Uh, deep rooted. Subconscious. Subconscious. Yes, yeah, totally. Fear. You know what? And it's part of the brain. It's the same part of the brain that has Jewish guilt. Like the same yeah. part of the Jewish. <laughs> this is what I say all the time. Like yeah. the, the Jewish guilt. And again, we could talk about this more, but I do. I want to hear the dating story. But anyway, yeah. the, yeah. The, the, part, the same yeah. part of your brain that 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 when you, you know, the Jewish guilt, that's where the, uh, you know, the, the anti-Semitism, because to your point, you can show him all the facts. You could say, look, yeah. like you would agree that this is anti-Semitic, would you not? And he'd say, yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. what was missing. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and not understand the the depths of what that does. But, you know, now we're getting into something serious. So yeah. I need to tell you my dating story, yeah. which yeah. is serious, but it's also just and it's ridiculous. But I basically decided, you know, after trying some other like online dating apps and, you know, really realizing that I wanted a connection with a Jewish person mm-hmm. um, for so many reasons, one of them being this, the current state of anti-Semitism and also how that has gotten me to feel closer to my Jewishness. Right. And not wanting to have to wrestle with that right. with anyone, any partner, right? right? So I decided I'm going to try J Swipe, and Naturally. just as I decided, the quarantine hits. You mm. know, so we're all stuck at home. Why were you averse to being on J Swipe in the first place? If I may ask. I never even Already. thought of it, to be honest. Okay. okay. And I also just assumed there wouldn't be any Dutch people on it. Yeah, I'm surprised it exists, right? Like, I'm surprised yeah. that you can download it in your market and it would populate. But it is. Yeah. Also, this is a new. This is new for you. Like, you're, you're, right. you're putting this it's all together, so. trying things out and right. whatever you know. Right. And okay, so I joined J Swipe, and basically, three men had like I don't I don't think it's swiping right on J Swipe, but it's like harding you or something like that. Guy or girl goes first. Is this like Bumble? Like what? Does it matter? Uh, Yeah, it's. Do you have to accept? I want to set the stage here. Yeah, you see, you see who you can see 
people in general and you can okay. see people who have already shown that they like to. Got it. But you're and you're like, in the driver's I'm in the driver's seat. Okay. Right? I usually like any good well. dating app. <laughs> 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 the women holds all the keys <laughs> to the entire equation. Got it. Okay. I can okay. be. I can be. I can choose to select someone and see if they like me back, or okay. I can look and see who already liked me. So I think I did both of them, but I was gravitating more to who was already shown that they liked me. Sure. More because then, you know, more. then you know, like, okay, I don't have to, like, You're wonder. selling to a woman market. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So um, there were three three men stood out, all very attractive men. This is in the initial. This is on the short list. This is on the short list. Okay. And they all seemed really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, they had interesting bios or whatever. And it turned out all three of them had some Danish roots, which mm-hmm. I thought was bizarre. Like, okay. What a coincidence, right? It was part of their profile, so it was apparent. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was after talking to them, mm-hmm. learning. Okay. Now, one of the guys had put, like on J-Swipe, you can put like orthodox, traditional, just Jewish, other. I think those are like the four options or something like that. And one of the guys had other. Now... What I had experienced on J-Swipe is that other often just meant like maybe the person had a Jewish grandfather. Maybe they were Buddhist now, but had Jewish background. Like sure. it could mean. Maybe they're just things. woke as Jews now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're just so woke that they decided to be Jewish. Like I hate anti-Semitism so much. <laughs> I'm going to become a Jew. <laughs> what you came here for. You came for the dish. Here you go. I'm giving yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. So, um, so these three guys who all happened to coincidentally have some sort of Danish background. Sure. Um, and it turned out two of them had were Jewish, but had Danish backgrounds. Like they had like a Danish father and a Jewish mother or something like that. And one of them, I didn't know at the time, turned out not to be Jewish at all. Okay. The other, the one who was other? The other. <laughs> okay. So you're in negotiations with all three. So they've, they've um, all been. Okay, what negotiations? I'm just kind of like talking to them, seeing yeah, no, interesting. You. And they all right away, like, really seem to like me and they want to, like, you know, take it onto WhatsApp. One of them wants to write me emails, which I think, oh, that's really interesting. That's kind of like, romantic. Emails, like, kind of romantic, you know, getting letters. You know. yeah. And so, okay, so. One of them, at some point, he's a widower. Okay. And how recent? I don't know, a couple years. Okay, because that matters, right? When you when you talk. Yeah, obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll look, I'm I'm almost a divorcee. Like, we're fi- the papers are filed, and we need the official. Like, it takes a few weeks until sure, it's official. Sure, sure. so, you know, but I've been separated for like over a year now. You know, everyone has their own yeah, sure, process, sure. whatever. Okay. Just so widow is a little mm-hmm. different, but go ahead. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want to compare divorce aid. <laughs> well, Although maybe, I mean, in some oh, cases. Yeah. We're, we're all dealing with loss, you know. Yeah, indeed. Sometimes indeed. it's a loss of betrayal, like on my side, and sometimes it's a loss of, you know, an unfair loss. Sometimes it's even, harder. it's even harder to be in your position. Well, yeah, I think it's all hard. Yeah. All anyway. Loss. 
like that. But anyway, so you go through a process. Okay. Okay. So the first guy, and he seems really interesting. He's like a diver. He's like a, a, he's like a engineer that works from diving. He really seems like an interesting guy. And at one point he starts bringing up that he invests in cryptocurrencies and he kind of wants to like sell me on this idea of crypto investments. Mm. Now, of course, just comes up. Well, I mean, of course, this is after him learning a little bit about my situation because you you talk to people and and you kind of like, you know, yeah, yeah, they're asking you how things are going. And I'm just explaining, you know, I'm working on the divorce. I'm trying to find a new house, you know. I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, it's not the easiest situation that I'm in. So he suggests that I start investing in cryptocurrencies. And then I'm like, and he's involved, he's involved in crypto. He's crypto. Yeah. Dude. Okay. Crypto. Yeah. So I crypto think dude just, is a dude. Yeah. 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 Crypto dude. All right. There's something in me. There's like a gut instinct. That's like bullshit. Uh, what's going on here? <laughs> and so I kind of like started to lose a little interest. In the in the gentleman or or the situation. In the gentleman, because okay. I just felt like, uh, you know, are you trying to sell me into this? Like, what's going on? Right. The second guy, the one who was like wanting to write romantic like emails, it was really cute and sweet that he was writing romantic emails, but there was like no depth to it. Uh huh. Like, so he, he did write you romantic emails. Yeah. I see. He did. I see. At first, let me ask you this. At first, when you got the initial romantic email, was what what was your reaction? I was like, well, this is kind of new and interesting. Let's see where it goes. And how soon into the relationship? It wasn't really a relationship. I I, I mean, I just mean mean, from from the moment you swipe right to the email. Well, what are we talking? Mm, Two days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Romantic email. I mean, the romantic wasn't like you are the sunshine of my life. You're beautiful, but it was just like, you know, describing what he wanted out of love, and you know, but then with like a very romantic style, and you know, what would be your perfect? Yeah, it was like, what would be your perfect date? And then his answer to that question was like a carriage ride, you know, like that kind of stuff, right? Were you primarily conversing through email? Or also other. Yeah, initially. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But it was just, you know, maybe for a couple days. Sure. And then he wanted to have like a Google phone call. So I was like, great, because then I can see your face and, you know. Oh, like a video chat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So, um, you know, we had a quick phone call. It was very nice. And, you know, you know, nobody looks exactly like their pictures sure. <laughs> because everyone kind of glams it up. But he was still a good looking guy. You know, it was a quick call because it had to be in the morning and the time zone difference or whatever. But then like two days later or a day later, he suddenly sends me this text because he said he had the, like he had to go to Hong Kong to like for his work or something like this. So he wanted to call me now because he was going to be really busy. And then like a day later, he suddenly sends me these like WhatsApps where he's like, somebody broke into my warehouse and stole my machine and it's worth $60,000 and I don't know what to do. And I'm really basically, can you send me money? (laughs) You got a prince, huh? (laughs) You got a, what was it? The Kenyan, the Kenyan prince. Wow, dude. Really? Was it apparent? Like, was it obvious? 
when he said that. Was it obvious he was fishing for cash the whole time? I mean, no, but it was the only thing that I look back is I think what I initially said was it's really nice and sweet that these emails are romantic, but there's no depth. Uh-huh. There's nothing. There's no connection. It's Got just it. that he wants to be romantic. You know Got what I mean? It. He was trying to sweep you up in, in the, you know, in the gusto. Yeah, I wasn't entirely being swept up by, but I wasn't, I was also like, no, there was no depth, so that wasn't working. Yeah, but then when he did this, I was like, dude, I can't help you. I go to the food bank. (laughs) So you believe it was premeditated is my point. Yeah, yeah. And right away, I was like, don't ever contact me again. And I blocked him off of everything and I reported him to Jason or whatever. Okay, so that brings me to guy number three. Gentleman number three. Okay, here we go. Guy number three who turns (laughs) out not to be Jewish. This is the other. This is the last guy. Also lives, what did you say? In the United States, but has sort of a Danish background, like his father was Danish. What's your radius on (laughs) J-Swipe? Every ocean? (laughs) You know what it was? This was the thing, because I was in quarantine. I'm like, there's nobody showing up from the Netherlands. There's like hardly any Jewish people here. I'm in quarantine. I'm bored. Did you come across dudes in the Netherlands? Like, were there any? But they were like 25 Sure. You know what I mean? And then maybe a couple that are my age, but they just, I didn't. There weren't that many. Yeah. And none of them looked in, attractive or seemed interesting to me. So Jay Swipe was like, I'm just going to show you Jews from New York. We're just going to go yeah, to the source. Basically. We're just going to no. plug you in. Like, basically, Jay Swipe was like, there's nobody in the Netherlands. Let yeah. me show you London and okay. France. Well, that makes sense. Sure. Right. And okay. then you go through London and France and it's like, you know. Sure whatever and then and then it's like hey i think they even sent a message like that they're going to increase the radius because we're in quarantine or something like that and then these like jewish babies on your phone here (laughs) 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 send us your eggs (laughs) i'll send the background or softo who's like who's like no Open up America. She'll never find anybody. <laughs> exactly. Open up America. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they have services now. You send your eggs. They bring you back the baby. <laughs> and in Europe, she'll never find anybody. <laughs> We're not in the shuttle anymore, Larry. This is how it is now. <laughs> I'm sorry to give her such an Ashkenazi dialect, but that's like my background. What do you mean? They're not even sexy. No, Larry. <laughs> Murray, I told you, you need to give her America. <laughs> Murray, it's even better. Murray. <laughs> that's funny. All right, anyway. So gentleman number three. Okay, so gentleman number three. Where is he from? Gentleman number three is absolutely stunning looking. Oh, cool. Absolutely stunning. Nice. And the thing he has on his Bible, on his Bible, (laughs) Freudian slip, on his bio is he says, like, I'm a book you have to read to get to know. And, okay, you have to understand something about me. I am a book lover. And I think everyone's life is a book in the making. And that we all go through chapters. Mm -hmm in our lives and each chapter like this is my huge theory right so each chapter in our life is about learning some sort of like real and essential power that we have but in order to learn it we have to we have to like go through 
you know, some trials. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and understand our weakness and, and, you know, get through weakness. And so like, for example, like this period with my divorce, like I'm really learning, you know, the things about myself that, that I'm really capable of. Yeah. And to do that, I have to get past these blocks I have in my right. head about, you know, right. whatever. Right. So when the I point, saw- the point is, it's a story and there's yeah. every chapter is different. Yeah. And we're all a hero of that story. And, and each chapter where we're there to prove something and right. empower ourselves. And right. You're learning more about the character much like and when you watch a TV yeah. show. Right. I mean, you're going through a stage. The reason why you cry at the end is because you have a relationship with a character. You've learned so much about that. Exactly. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, I got it. Exactly. Okay. So. When I saw that this guy had written this on his bio, I was like, hey, you know, he's comparing himself to a book. Like, this is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I responded. I think actually he even said hello first. And then I eventually responded or something like that. Okay. So, so we start chatting and talking and having these great conversations. And I'm, you know, to make a long story short, like a month goes by. Wow. Okay. We are talking every day. We are, you know, chatting every day. We're on the phone every day. You know, he's really opened up and told, you know, he showed me pictures of his son and his mother. He's told me about his life. And it's like, things are like, just gentleman divorced. Totally. No, he's also a widow. Oh, so a widow. Okay. And got one son. Yeah. And, and, and we're really hitting it off. And it's like, you know, it's really amazing Mm -hmm. because I'm like, how can this be happening online with somebody I've never met? And we're getting closer and closer and we're like Mm -hmm. really hitting it off. And, um, it's going so well. And, you know, and, 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 and it's not like cheesy thing. It's like real conversations. And when he's struggling with something, he calls me and I talk to him about it and, help him figure things out or like sometimes yeah. I just crack him up or, you know, yeah. he cracks me up okay. and he's really sweet. And he starts to slowly open up and tell me that he's really growing fond of me. And then right. he starts to tell me that he's like thinking about me all the time. And, you know, he tries to like go a day without texting me and, you know, he's still thinking about me sure. and it's really, really sweet. And, you know, it, yeah. and then he starts talking about like, we have to meet as soon as the quarantine's over yeah. and he wants to like come over to the Netherlands and help. He's an interior designer. And he wants where to, does he like, live? Um, in, in California. Oh, California. Okay. Wow. And okay. he wants he wants to like help me um, redecorate my new place. He's you know, into design. He said. Yeah, and he's an okay. interior designer. I'm like, wow, a man that wants to help. He wants to help me move. You know, like right. me. Sure. a handy man. He's good looking guy. He's really sweet. And all this other stuff is going so well. But slowly he starts to say like that he's like really falling in love with me and he wants to spend the rest of his life with me. Oh. I'm like, whoa. I took a turn. <laughs> wow. We haven't even met in real life yet. Like, well, right. you know, in, in person. Sure. Sure. That's real life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I agree. Like there was a really nice connection here and we're talking, but and then he starts to get upset that I've said that. Define upset. Um, 
I can't believe you. What did he say? Like, I can't believe that we're like indignant. Yeah, I thought I thought that you felt the same way about me. You know, it's kind of angry. Angry. Okay. A little, a little irritated. Let me put it that way. That you weren't going to reciprocate his advance. Okay. And I'm like, it's not bizarre that I want to meet you in person first before I even have an idea about how I really feel about you. Right. You know, that's not a bizarre thing. Not at all. What did he say? So what and happened? Yeah, but when you know, you know, and it's just like starting to be a whole lot of pressure. Okay. It doubles down. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So then I'm starting I'm starting to feel off about this. Okay. Then now you're dubious. Yeah. Because of gentleman one and gentleman two or just in general or both? In general. Okay. You know, I have a really strong gut instinct. Well, yeah, like, most intelligent women do. Yeah. Like, and, and I listen to it, you know, oh. um, and it was like going bing, bing, bing. So at this at this point in time, when yeah, well, it, wasn't, it wasn't going bing, bing, bing at this point in time. Okay. It was just kind of rumbling. Sure. It was like uh, something's awry. Yeah. You two were crazy. So, yeah, here, here I am. Fair <laughs> enough. So then he starts telling me these stories about how he's stuck in quarantine in New York. His mother can't pay her bills. Her stimulus check hasn't arrived. The project that he's on has been canceled. And he's been, here we go, trading in cryptocurrencies. No way. Not doing too well in the crypto game, huh? And no, he did really well, but his bank put a hole in his account and he has to pay for his warehouse. And if he doesn't pay in time, the guy's going to give the space to somewhere else and all of the stuff in his warehouse will be taken. Wow. And this is like a month into it. How does this differ from the first story? This is a different person, at least as far as I know. Okay, so what was the amount that he asked for? Like, what was the what was the gig? Like, what was the deal? Here we go. Get ready. Yeah. Twelve hundred dollars. Jeez. <laughs> Twelve hundred dollars to pay for his warehouse. So, in other words, this premeditated potentially uh, ruse that spanned how long? Like six weeks? About uh, maybe a little less than five weeks was basically a play for 1200 bones. Is that what you're telling me? At the same period that everyone's getting their stimulus checks in the United States. Well, what are you what are you driving at there? I'm thinking this person knows people are getting 1200 euros. That's the amount of the stimulus check. Well, 1200 his- US dollars. Oh, sorry, 1200 US dollars. Sure. So they're and thinking that you in the Netherlands have recently come across 1200 smackaroos. He's thinking <laughs> that because I'm in the Netherlands, I'm still entitled to ask for a stimulus check. Wait, you're still what? I missed that. Entitled to ask really? for a stimulus check. That is $1,200. You as a, are you a citizen of the Netherlands? I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm not a citizen of the really? Netherlands. I'm a resident. Wow. So he's timing this. Aha. Uh-huh. This is what I'm thinking. Because so the, the coincidence of him needing $1,200, which right. is the same amount as the stimulus check, right. which everyone is getting about now. Got it, got it, got it. How much did uh, dude number two want? 
$2,400. I didn't, I didn't even ask him. He, wow. I think he said, how much can you get to me? And I said, nothing. Right. <laughs> you could have been like a dollar twenty. I don't want to <laughs> ever again, and I blocked him, and I you reported should, him. You should have said like a dollar forty-three. Let's see what he yeah. would have said. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what, what happened with gentleman number three? Like, how did, what happened then? Number three, like... I was on the phone with him when he did this. And <laughs> firstly, yeah. I just want to say that a friend of mine pointed this out who isn't even Jewish. And she said, he probably thought Jewish women have a lot of money. You know, that's where I wanted to take this because yeah. I think, I think the stimulus check is a theory that I guess you're right. I mean, it's a very exact amount. Mm-hmm. But, I don't think that's a coincidence. But let me. But ask I you. think there's an underlying assumption yeah. that I have money because I'm a Jewish woman, which is, as you know, not the case. <laughs> so is that why you tweeted? Because as I was coming down to repair for the show, yep. I saw your tweet about just because you're Jewish as a medium. That's why I tweeted it. Yes, that's why I tweeted. Welcome to my TED Talk. Just because Welcome. I'm Jewish doesn't mean they have money. <laughs> well, I think what's interesting there, Sarah, is... Um, why would that stereotype be perpetuated by another Jew? That's particularly bizarre, right? But because you think that Jewish. he's not. He Jewish. was the other. Ah, he was the he other. Was the other. He was the other. Understood. And I well, don't even know if the other guy was actually Jewish or not. Right. He because if you're running was. games, who's who's yeah. to say? So how prevalent this? Is, so I've been married for a few few days. How prevalent? <laughs> how, how prevalent? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been, what it was, 2020? It's been four years. Yeah. So in the last four years, I mean, has this, not that you've been in the game, you know, no, more than recently either, but have your friends told you that this is a common, like, game? Like, do you, do women have to be concerned about, like, dudes have, like, what, how prevalent is this? Well, this is the whole point. I have, I've been involved in online dating for about a year now. On and off, because I get sick of it. I go through periods where I get really sick of it, and I just delete all the apps. Mm-hmm. And then I go through periods where, like, okay, I'm going to give it another try, you know. Right. And um, this is the thing. Um, we women, mm-hmm. and I'm saying women, you know, I'm sure there are other other oh, vulnerable minority groups that have something on, similar to On say. this show, you don't have to be politically okay. correct. Listen, we're talking about women, all right? She, her, him. And Jewish women. And Jewish women. Sorry if you're offended if you're not a Jewish female. Yes. (laughs) That's just what it is. I got to draw a line there. See, see, for me, all of this woke stuff. Being a Jewish woman, (laughs) being a woman and being a Jewish woman, I always have to double check everything. Check in with myself about my feelings because I have had men I've chatted with and dating who have been so sweet in the chats mm-hmm. and really interesting. And then they're like, as soon and as soon as they're like, let's take this to WhatsApp because the, mm-hmm. you know, usually the chat functions and the dating apps don't work so well we go. To, and then the next thing I know, I get an unsolicited dick pic. Yeah. See that that's a different phenomenon though. It's not, it's violating. Well, the, it's okay. Really they're they're different branches of the same tree, I think. It's a, but go ahead. It's but I don't think. But is that specific to Jewish women? No, but as a, a woman, mm-hmm. I'm more susceptible to this behavior. And as a Jewish woman, 
like I, you know, some, some men fetishize us. That I didn't know. Okay. Yep. Go, go us. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's they a fetish. fetish. They have an idea of a Jewish woman as being like the nanny. Banana. You know, or, you know, and they have a, an idea of what a Jewish woman is that isn't based on who you are. Interesting. You know? And this is a fetish. This is like a, a yeah. line of work. Got some it. some men have a fetish for Jewish women, and because they have an idea of what we're like, you know, there's These a lot of Jews. <laughs> What's that? These can't be Jews. <laughs> no Jew has a fetish for Jewish women. That's not how that goes. <laughs> you know, it shakes appeal backwards. Like there's a reason why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. But speaking so, of borderline anti-Semitism. Yeah. Um, De Blasio. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, for those okay. of you who don't know, I'll, I'll, in the show notes, I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll let you read up on what happened, yeah. and then you can come back to this. But I wanted your your thoughts on specifically yeah. his tweet, like specifically when he said my message to all Jews. Like, I'll let you. Yeah. What was your initial reaction to that? My initial reaction was like, what in all fresh hell? Sure. Because of what the all Jews. Your- problem after all of this yeah. after everything that's been taken place after the way Jews have been targeted in New York yeah. and deadly ways yeah. how and and in the vicinity what the hell were you thinking so actually, yeah so okay so he, there wasn't really a rebound Right. There wasn't like an apology or no. a walk back. There wasn't anything. No, nothing, which is consistent with him. OK, so let, let, we can. The thing that I learned about de Blasio that really that really did get me was when he basically ordered everyone on lockdown and then went to the gym like for one last workout. Yep. That, yep. So we could sit here and pick on him all day long, but I think what we need to focus on is is, is what happens afterwards. Because look, like right. you, you mentioned it yourself, Jews, like we fall into categories, right? Like we we mm-hmm. all of us categorize ourselves, mm-hmm. but the unified experience is like you were explaining the anti-Semitism. So me right. and you, we read that, we feel a certain way, and then mm-hmm. you know. Joe, healthcare worker, reads that and feels a different way because he is a healthcare worker and he's thinking to himself, yeah, like, dude, you shouldn't have a funeral, right? Like, right. You and right. me will look at, but then what, so what happens to us as Jews is, is the reaction matters. Like, what happens next yeah. matters a lot more. Yeah. And the response by the Hasidic community was, sorry that it didn't work out the way we expected it to. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we wanted to do we wanted to do the um you know the funeral and we wanted to have everyone six feet apart. Mm-hmm. The only reason that didn't work, well, uh, you know, there's thousands of us in a two block radius. It's kind yeah. of hard to try. I mean, it's kind yeah. of physically impossible. Yeah. So, what was what did you think of of the apology and the walk back? Like, from how did that sit with you? Yeah, from De Blasio, no, or no, from stop. the city community. Like, what the reaction? De Blasio was hasn't walked anything back. And I would argue, nor should he, but that's another conversation. I don't really think he should walk it back. What do I think of the apology? This but, yeah. is what I think. I think it was a very genuinely Jewish Satmar response. It I was. think there was genuineness in it. Meaning, like, they genuinely felt what they wrote? I think they felt what they wrote. Okay. I think that they were trying to find a truth. And they were trying to open up and be very honest about you what think happened. 
being truthful, in other words. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Sure. I think that there was some naivety with the way they plan things, obviously, because nobody knows how this stuff goes in a play quarantine. Mm-hmm. How often, except for like, you know, the story of Exodus, the story of Moses, like how and how much can we in our in our living memory do we have about dealing with plagues? None. Very little. Most of us, very little, right? So I think they thought they could make this work. I think. How? The, but, but let me just ask, how? Yeah. How could they have made it work? You have thousands of people in a literal three block radius. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I think it would have only worked in shifts. You know? Okay. All right. And I so think let's assume. All right. Let's fair enough. Let's give them the benefit of that doubt that they really had a plan as to how you can rotate that many people in such a finite amount of space. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So but but here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. It was a breakdown of that community's plans. It was a breakdown of the police Mm -hmm. and it was a breakdown of the mayor's office. Mm -hmm. And that's why it failed. It's not one community that failed here. Who who bears more responsibility? Let me ask you this. Who, in your opinion, just if I just this yeah. is the situation, if, yeah. if you if I brought you here from another planet and I yeah. said, look, Sarah, here's the situation. Here's the backstory yeah. on, on the mayor and here's the deal on Hasidic Jews. Who do you think bears more responsibility? If I gave you the 7000 year history, mm-hmm. you, I, I think you would tell me the Jews have a greater responsibility. I no, No. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me hear it. I wouldn't. I think, firstly, I don't want to say if anyone bears a greater responsibility, it doesn't mean no one else is responsible. Fair enough. I would never argue okay, that. So, I, sure. so my argument is everybody's responsible in this situation. Sure. Okay? I don't disagree. Um, I also think that it is an isolated community in many ways. And some of their decisions were not based on really having full information and understanding. What information could they not have had? I mean, they have been quarantining, number one. They Also, they've been giving plasma. So they've, they've been doing yeah. good in their community, not just for the Hasidic yeah. community, yeah. but they've been donating blood. That doesn't get talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's literally one of the biggest chesed you can do is helping someone when it, yeah. it when you do not benefit from, from the act. Like that is the greatest right. Right. Yeah. chesed that you can do in the world. Yeah. Right. Like when you give someone money, it's different than when you give someone your time. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. that's these people were giving their blood to help African-Americans, Hispanics, yep. Yep. Asians. Yep. Right. So so that's well documented. But what could they have not have known? I mean, they've been active members of their community. I don't think that they may really be aware of all of the information about the spread of covid just because of their isolation. Mm hmm. See, I, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm not gonna buy that because yeah. the number one thing they need to know is six feet apart. I mean, that's according to their own statement, they wanted to do a, you know, advisable or kosher, so mm-hmm. on. So mm-hmm. they must have known that much. I, I don't think that much is too much. They may not know like the latest findings out of South Korea and whether or not it's scientifically, you know, gonna uphold, but they definitely knew to be six feet apart. And that that brings me to to the issue, I think, I think is that we have we're Jews. We Jews have the greater responsibility. Um, We we can't look at it. Bill Maher was talking about he lumped the Jews into 
you know, other like Muslims and Christians, you know, yeah. talking about Christian mass. And he was saying new rule, like if you're doing this, the religion that has the the most amount of deaths should go away. Like that should be it. That was his joke. That was Bill Maher. I don't know if you're a Bill Maher fan or you know his shtick. No. Okay. So he, no, he's, he's a rebel atheist <laughs> and he rails against the, the institution of religion like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And Okay. So yeah. see, the difference is, is that in that scenario of us Jews and then the Muslim and the Christian, Mm-hmm. We have a greater responsibility. Like, it's it's Why our. Why do we have a greater responsibility? Because of our history, because of our past, because of right. the anti okay. Like, right. we need right. to be more attuned to the fact that we're going to be judged because of how we look. In this case, very, I don't know what the word is, ostentatiously. Mm-hmm. Right. The, you have to know, as a Hasidic Jew, your responsibility in a moment like this is greater than it normally I is. I think the word I'm having a problem here with is responsibility. Okay. Okay. So I think we're all responsible right now during COVID. And I think the people who aren't following the rules are all responsible for not following the rules. I agree. Unless they haven't been given or they haven't received all the information. Okay. And who's responsible for dispersing that information? That's the government. That's the mayor of New York in this case. Right. right? Okay. Awful job, but another conversation. Okay. Right. Exactly. So I think what you're referring to, I think, is an excellent point, which is based on our history, based on how one of the biggest anti-Semitic tropes is that Jews spread the plague, the black plague. We were murdered because we were blamed for the black plague. And the reason why we were blamed was because we didn't have as high death rates. And the reason why we didn't have as high death rates is because we have so much not only isolation, but we have so much of washing the hands mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout okay. the day. We I are see. so, especially during that period when Jews were even more religious and more practicing, kosher uh-huh. laws, washing our food, right. you know, washing our hands, cleaning the house, like all of this. Right. Okay. Meant more sanitary conditions and more of a chance of, of, of not catching the plague. And it manifested itself. And it manifested itself on top of the belief that Jews are satanic and, you know, uh, you know, and because we're other and we look different and we dress different and we talk different and we had a different ethnicity. And I'm talking obviously specifically in this case of European Jews or Jews who lived in Europe at the time. Right. But this, this is in the 1400s, right? Right. So yeah. okay. I absolutely, 100%, I think that is such a good point that we have to take this into consideration. I think we have to be extra careful because of it. But so it's the- not our responsibility to stop people from being anti-Semitic. That's the responsibility of... The Gentile world. I agree. I think we we should be responsible f- to the heightened idea that the anti-Semitic tropes now more than ever are going to bubble to the surface. We have a responsibility to other Jews. Yeah, to ourselves. To, our, to, ourselves. to ourselves. To nobody but ourselves. Absolutely. To protect ourselves yes. from yes. from more harm. Done. You owe this to yourself, right? Especially yeah. if you're part of that community, you owe it yeah. not only to yourself but to your community members. Yeah. And let's be honest. Let's just be honest about this, right? Yeah. Those those Jews don't look at us, me and you, as equal Jews, as they are. 
I wouldn't say that because I I don't like to generalize an entire community that let's, way. Let's not do that. But let's be real. Most. Let's just be real about it. Okay. That's just the reality of of. And look, I come from a very orthodox community. Yeah. Like even in my community, they will look at other Jews as less than. But mm-hmm. it, the the beauty of Jews is a lot of other Jews who are less religious don't look at Hasidim as less than Jews. They will look at right. themselves and say, I'm right. a Jew. I may be a secular Jew, but my right to Israel and my right to Judaism is the same and equal to that gentleman's. So See, that's, that's think, a dichotomy. I think I'm going to disagree with you here okay. because I think a lot of secular Jews do look down upon Haredim, Hasidim, Satmar communities. Yeah. I think they do. Okay. And I think there is a real disconnect. And I think a lot of secular Jews get their information about those communities from the same sources that Gentiles get. That's true. That's absolutely true. I don't disagree with that. But my yeah. my greater point is that we owe it to ourselves. Not only yeah, do we owe it to I the agree. Hasidim, but the Hasidim yeah. owe it to themselves. Yeah. And I think it's it's not just tone deaf. It's it's stupid to put on a display like this and expect a different reaction. It's not stupid to do what it is that you feel is right in the moment, right? Like I don't yeah. judge them for, you know, meditating or praying in, in, in a, and look, I understand the value of a Leviah. Like it's, I've been to a few myself, so I know like when you're around the presence of a big Rav who passed away, yeah, that's a moment. That's a real moment. It's a real moment. It's and, a real moment. And I would never look at a situation like this and judge them and say, shame on you. How dare I get it. Like, like I understand, I have em- yeah. empathy towards the reaction, yeah. but yeah. to expect something else as Jews, all of us, is is asinine that we would expect this to just go over well. Well, here's the thing. Like I said, I I said everyone bears responsibility here, and that's the responsibility I give on that community. Yeah, totally. But, but the problem here is that the way the mayor phrased and focused. And let's also bring up the point. He's using Twitter to make this <laughs> statement. Yeah. Like so few people in that community are on Twitter. Do you think they saw it? Like, do you think, you know, <laughs> I'm sure some people passed it on. Some people might have found it. But that's not the channel you use right. to reach that community. The only people you are going to reach are the ones who already hate Jewish people. That's true. Or, especially on Twitter. Right. Which if you really, so if you really cared about, if you really cared about delivering a point, you would have yeah. written a letter to the ambassador yeah. of that community, whoever it is. Yes, you would have written a letter and you would have maybe, you know, maybe you would have printed it in, in the newspaper or, you know, right. had to read it on TV for other people to hear. But Twitter in, in, in so few characters and then calling it the Jew, the, Jewish community says not only how irresponsible the mayor is, but it says to me that there's some underlying anti-Semitic motive that he may not even be aware of in himself. Mm -hmm. There's an anti-Semitic anger Mm -hmm. that he's projecting. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people on Twitter who, who may come across this clip may meet that that point with the same anger that they met, you know, the Jews in that tweet. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think the point is it's not really anyone else's decision to make. Mm-hmm. I don't think 
I don't think a, a non-Jew can look at the situation and have an opinion that yeah. says, you know, yeah. as a Jew, you shouldn't feel that way. Just like I can't look at you and say, you know, as a female, you shouldn't feel that yeah. way. I would never I say agree. that. That's, that's bizarre. I, I haven't spent one hour being a woman. How do I know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what's missing in our society. It, it's perspective and empathy. People believe yeah. that because they have a microphone that they're just yeah. entitled to opinions that yeah. everyone else must take seriously. And if not, they're offended. And I'm just going to show you how woke I am to get my point across. That's that's the problem. It was very it was a very performative tweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a very performative tweet, yeah. which is why. And I think all kinds of performative behavior is based on. In our case, anti-Semitism, but mm-hmm. also, you know, a Jewish person performing how they how, yeah. you know, anti-Semitism that they've seen within a certain sector yeah. or certain African-American people performing their support for them mm-hmm. is also based essentially on a kind of racism, you know, you know, as the mayor of, of New York City. Yeah, it's it's hard. I, again, just to express empathy towards de Blasio, it's got to be tough. I mean, to to run a city that is basically run by Jews. I mean, that's that's I disagree. <laughs> I, just, I even find that anti-Semitic. There is a very significant Jewish population in New York City, and there are people in New York City who are Jewish who are responsible for for very important things. But they're also Italian and Irish and African-American and Chinese people who are also he having- see it that way. He doesn't see it. A lot of people don't see it that way. The, the difference is, is you may be right factually. Like you, you, you're right. I agree with you in reality that Jews don't run the city. I get yeah. that. But you got to understand a lot of people see it that way. Not just him. A lot of people. Yeah. There are just a lot, just a number of Jews in New York. They're thinking Jews run the city and they're not even, they're not even separating a Satmar community from the entire Jewish yeah, community of New York. Because it's, it's too issue. easy not to. Because in his head, yeah. when you're in that position of power and so many different Jews are doing so many different things in so many different yeah. places, just the yeah. volume of it. And then he, he shows up. He went to the funeral to try to break it up, right? He probably got on his phone all angry with his pudgy fingers and just tried to, like, snap one out. That's what happens. Is, is In that moment, you're thinking, goddamn Jews. That's, that's, that's what's happening in your brain. That's what's happening in his brain. Yeah. And that's the issue. And that's where that was the source of his tweet. And again, it goes back to my to, to the greater point, I think. Yeah. Always look at when you see a frantic or emotional situation, come back the next day and see what the deal is. Right. When you're in a yeah. car, accident, God forbid, if you're in a car accident, yeah. how you feel in that moment, your heart's pounding, your, your head's ringing, you're happy, you're safe. You see the wreckage behind you. are like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. you're in this you're in this place. Right. I would never look at that situation and judge you in that moment. Put up Sarah. This is you. Right. Like in this right. moment, this is who you are. I'm going right. to come back to you a day later and see, like, yeah. look, did you learn from it? Like, were you texting with somebody else texting? Thing. Like, yep. Do you have anger? Yeah. Yep. Look at the follow up. Don't look at at the tire fire. The height of the moment or the right. heat of the moment. Yeah. And so in the moment, we learn a lot about both parties. We learn that the apology from the Sommer community was weak, should have been better. And we learned that de Blasio yeah. doesn't give a shit. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I do think the apology, there was a lot of genuine feelings in there, but I think it could have been. I agree that it could have been stronger. But honestly, 
at that point, after the way de Blasio tweeted at that point, like I just got tired because honestly, I don't think that Jewish community, that Satmar community could have said anything, anything that would have healed the damage of de Blasio's tweet. You're right. There was no, there's no right answer. No, even if they can't, nothing. He ruined it. De Blasio ruined it. The moment he said the Jewish community and the moment that he used Twitter as his vehicle and his channel, he ruined it. Did Barry Weiss have have an opinion on this? Because I feel like this should be her her total. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know. I don't really follow her that often. Really? I figured you were a big fan. No, I'm not a big fan. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, let's hear this. My feelings yeah. about okay. I'm, I'm like a guy with like a jackhammer who like sees a, <laughs> a tree. I'm just like, mm, let's get <laughs> Tell me the beef on B. Weiss. Yeah, let's hear this. Okay, Barry Weiss. Yeah. I think that there are some things that Barry Weiss says where I just, you know, I put my hand in my heart and I say, Baruch Hashem, thank you, you know, when the march happened, I don't know, what was it, a couple months ago, the march because of all of the um, violent attacks that had been taking place in New York, yeah. she made an amazing speech. In February, yeah. In February, that was right. Feels like five and, years ago. Yeah, and I put my hand in my heart and I said, Baruch Hashem, and it really touched me. Yeah. And she sometimes does that. And she sometimes has wonderful insights, but I find her also quite myopic. And I find her, her visions or her insights very limited to her own experience as an Ashkenazi Jew Mm -hmm. in New York and as, as an American Jew. What's, but what's wrong with that? I mean, as individuals, all you can really do is talk about your perspective. Sure. Right? Isn't that but isn't that kind of the point? You're writing a book, for example, about anti-Semitism, mm. and it's only focused on this aspect right. without being aware that it is. Interesting. So, so, so the idea is that because of, just because of the book, like the because the book is such a macro no, issue. Look, a lot okay. of a lot of what she does, you know, and I and I also think, you know, on the one hand, you know, I'm I am very proud of her, of what she's accomplished, you know, as a, as a Jewish woman. I think I believe she's a, a bisexual Jewish woman, you and know, that's OK. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she's bisexual. I wor- I, I, my friends I, and I, I worry about I, this. I, might be <laughs> Wonder, I, should say. Yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah. as a Jewish woman, she is with a woman that I know. Yeah. So bisexual, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. So um I am very proud of her, you know, obviously, because any accomplishment that, you know, that has taken place like this for her, I just it's inspiring. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't I feel like there are also so many other voices out there that could be representing and I, I'm not, you know, I don't always think she's the right person to represent, but she's the go-to. Does she at least tell you this is my perspective or is your kind of beef with her that maybe think, yeah, she I'm, just assumes that you have the same perspective as her? I think that's kind of what you're I driving think, at. Yeah, and I think that she, she's unaware 
of the right. limits of her perspective. And right. that's the issue I have. That's a good point. I understand that. Yeah. 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 Um, what, but she's become the face. Yes. She's, she's become the champion of progressive jewelry, essentially, I would well, say. That's, it's interesting that you say that because yeah. it depends on who you're asking. That's true. Again, that's my perspective. Asking, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's if just you're my perspective. asking a right wing or centrist, even you know center right yeah. person, yeah. then they're going to say, "Oh, yes, yeah, she's left wing. She's a right. she's an outspoken Democrat. She's not a Republican." If you're asking the far left, she is. Many people will just assume she's a Republican. Say she's a Republican. That she's That's right. not even knowing what they're talking about or that she's centrist, yeah. which she isn't. She's left wing. She's not far left. She's people who call Ben Shapiro a yeah. Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember yeah. the first time that I came across that idea that someone would consider a Jew a Nazi. Forget about Ben Shapiro. Forget about how smart or yeah. dumb or stupid, yeah. whatever. It's, yeah. Just the fact that like a human being would look at a Jew and then say the word Nazi. I remember I, the first time that oh. came across... Sarah, I, I I remember like I had a headache for like two hours just because I didn't get it. Like I, I legitimately like I understood wokeness and I understood what was going on in, in the culture. Yeah. But when I like understood that in reality, like someone would think that yeah. I, I just I still don't get it. I still don't understand how you can just lose sight of meaning. I think because, I don't think people lose sight. I don't think they had the sight to begin with. They have no knowledge of our history. They have no knowledge of who we are. They have very limited knowledge about the, the Shoah. But Nazi? Everything, everything, yeah, everything they know, they learn from television and film. So there's a group of people who you think is quite prevalent that don't know that Nazis murdered Jews. Just, they, they never watched Inquiry's Bastard. They just Jews, don't know. They don't know that Nazi. They do know that Nazis murdered Jews, but they don't know the whole story behind it. They don't know our history, and they're assuming that. What's the story? Here we go. Here we go. They're assuming that Zionism is Nazism as used by Jews. Zionism is Nazism as used by Jews. See the fact it's, that they would even. Assuming Zionism takes the Nazi ideology of the master race and that Jews believe we are the chosen people is another word for the master race and that we are doing the same thing. And this is why they call us Nazis and they don't understand. They don't even have a simple understanding of what the chosen people means. Well, I don't expect them to know that. See, see again, like we, you touched on a lot of points that I totally agree with. Yeah. But they don't have to know where the chosen people to know that Nazis killed Jews. How right. could a Jew be a Nazi? Be like, a Nazi. It, it, just right. that. That's it. That's it right because there. Because there's a pleasure. Yeah. An anti-Semitic pleasure in twisting that around. There is a sick pleasure in twisting around and making the Jew the Nazi. And that comes down to an anti-Semitic belief that Jews are evil. This is the old Jews are the devil. Jews are evil. So just call them anything bad. Black just, magic. Just, anything bad is a Jew then. Yeah. Like even a Nazi. Yep. Bad. Yep. Nazis bad, Jew bad, Jews yep. and 
And it's wow. a really and and the other thing I think that it is, it gives them the feeling that their hatred of Jews is justified. If we make Jews the monster, if we make Jews the Nazi, then I can justify my anti-Semitism. Look, Sarah, this, is, this has been awesome. I could do this for five hours, but I got I to head back to the baby. This, that was fascinating. I, I think that yeah. two minutes was worth this entire hour because, yeah. because it, see, look, it goes back to like people just have lost perspective and empathy towards anyone that they've just – anyone, anyone other than their own perspective. Yep. But – Again, it goes and and it goes back to us as Jews. Like we need to remind ourselves that maybe responsibility isn't the word, but mm-hmm. in a time like this, we all represent one another. We we, we can't sit yeah. here and just shun the Hasidic community for for being stupid. We need to sit. We need to extend empathy and say, do you guys understand? Like this is this is as if like their Michael Jackson died. I mean, literally. I mean, this was the biggest rabbi and. You know, if you sat and like really thought about it and you say, well, okay, there is a little bit of groupthink. There's a lot of tribalism. I'm sure like it started with 20 people and then quickly snowballed and then just got out of hand. Like if we just stopped and just did that for three and a half minutes, what what world would we live in? You know, I think this is such an essential, essential part of being Jewish that you're touching on here. I don't think it's a responsibility. I think it is a duty. It is a commandment. That's a good, that's a better word. Duty. It's it is a duty. A it's a commandment. It's a mitzvah. Aravim Zelaza. It's literally a, it's a thing. It's sure. a mitzvah. Yeah. To care about our fellow Jews so much we want to make us better people. Right. And, and that doesn't serve the right. world better. That doesn't mean that we look at Gentiles as less than or non-Jews. It just means that, it, it, on the contrary, like we expend, yes. extend more empathy, right? If I can have empathy towards this person who is somehow Jewish, as am I, yes. I can extend empathy towards almost anybody, right? Because yes. why wouldn't I? That's, what, that's yes. what I think we need to focus on, absolutely. Amen. Amen, what well, you just said. I think it's, I think it's you know, I can get... That's all good, but, you know, reality is that's just not reality. And it's sad, but I don't, you know, I I don't see how we're ever going to get The reality is, and I think this is also very Jewish. Yeah. We are not God. We are not Hashem. Who are we to judge? We are flawed. We will always be flawed. That is why we're human. But our duty, our commandment, and the mitzvah of our lives is to constantly try to be better regardless right. of the fact that we are flawed. Right. And that, and that means that and we should be better here and right. now in this mm-hmm. life, yeah. not because we have an afterlife that we're being promised because in this life, it's what matters to everyone on earth. Right. Right. Gentile. Especially or- now. Yeah. As look as at where we are now. All right. We, we, we should do this again. I'm not going to yeah, take for an answer. Uh, we, we'll have you. another five hours coming to you guys. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for staying up late. Uh, for those you. of you listening, it's what, like 11 o'clock for you right now? So Yeah, it's 10 o'clock. My, my laptop just told me. But um, thank you for coming on. Kiss to that gorgeous girl of yours. Well, and I will. Um, talk again. Yeah, we'll do this soon. Yeah. Okay. okay bye. bye.